Bibles, if you would, to Genesis chapter 40. Genesis and chapter 40. Chris, I didn't put this in my notes, but can you find um, the last slide um, whenever I, whenever you're ready? Probably. <laughs> I don't need it yet, but I will. I will in a minute. <clears throat> I I had this system of. How many of you know what Dropbox is? Okay, it's an electronic like mailbox thing. Anyway, what I whenever I need something projected on the on the on the on the walls here. Uh, I, I put it in Dropbox for Chris so he knows what I need projected, and I and I failed to do dil, uh, do, do diligence, so <clears throat> that's why Chris is a great guy. He he is awesome, by the way. I I think I, I think he does a great job. Amen. And um, and his helper, uh, uh, what's your name, Brandon? Um, <laughs> Uh, does a great job covering uh, whenever Chris is not available. But uh, appreciate those two guys. And then those of you that know Marzi, uh, Marzi helps back there too, but she's in Texas this morning uh, on vacation. So anyway, uh, these, these sound, uh, the soundboard people are, are absolutely awesome. Um, I do want to say something that we are, I, I'm, I, I'm trying to... Um, to do is <clears throat> we're trying to in April and we're going to get the date to you very soon but in April we're going to be doing a church movie night uh, I know in January we always do an adult super movie night this is something totally different um, the movie I wanted to show back in January finally was released and uh, I, I got permission from the people that put it out and I'll be talking about it more but uh, we're going to be doing a, a church super movie night. So everybody's going to be invited. Um, and it's going to be, we're not going to, anyway, we'll get more details later. But that the movie, I, and I normally don't announce it, but that the movie we're going to be watching is called Sabina. Uh, it is about a Romanian husband and wife that uh, her name was Sabina. And uh, they went through the German occupation as, as Christians. And uh, he was a pastor, in fact, and the persecution that they went through under German occupation, and then they, then it, because of being Romania, they flipped over and they were under the Soviet uh, uh, the, uh, persecution. That's the word I'm looking for. So, it, incredible movie, and a lot of what's going on in Europe right now, uh, this is very. Um, Appropriate. There you go. Uh, I, I love people mouthing words for me because <laughs> my wife usually does that. But anyway, um, so anyway, um, Genesis chapter 40. <clears throat> uh, I have a question for you. I want to start off with a question because uh, uh, it's, an, it's an important thought. Have you ever been disappointed? Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Everybody just, yeah, of course we have. Now, okay, have you ever been deeply disappointed? Yeah. Yes, we all, we all have. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> we have been talking about the 
timeline. Can you go ahead and put that slide up now, Chris, please? Um, we've been talking about God's timeline for the life of Joseph. And again, I want to overemphasize the idea that it's God's timeline. It's God's timeline. This week, I was reminded how our timeline and God's timeline can conflict. Because our timeline and our thinking is better sometimes than God's timeline. Is that not true? <clears throat> I said in our thinking, okay? Now, now, logically, we know God is the final authority, but we still... We still try to, to work our own timeline, do we not? I, I, I have, there have been times in my, in my life where I have prayed and I said, okay, God, now Tuesday I need you to do this, Wednesday this, Thursday this, you know, and, I, and, on, and later you look back and you think, how stupid, me telling God what to do. And I can't help but wonder if God just sits there and just shakes his head and he's like, are you kidding me? We are adding a new point to the timeline this morning. And that is the, dis, the, 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 the timeline of disappointment. We've all been there. We've all experienced crushing disappointment. A minute ago I said that <clears throat> I was reminded this week of how our timeline and God's timeline can can conflict with one another. As, as some of you know, many of you know that in January we introduced to you missionaries in South Africa, uh, Brent and Selena Berge. They moved there. Uh, well, Brent, Brent and I went to school together. <clears throat> we went to, to, to Bible college together. But they moved to South Africa many years ago, and they started a church and an orphanage in South Africa. And last January, we as a church voted to send $5,000 to the, to the orphanage to help uh, them build it. They, they, they're in the middle of building a building to house a medical facility and, and uh, staff housing for, um, for, the, for the orphanage. And uh, we, we felt like as a church that we wanted to be a part of that. A couple of weeks ago, their oldest son, I believe he's 18. I could be wrong, 17 or 18, but I believe he's 18. 17, okay. He's 17. <clears throat> and, uh, got very sick and was rushed to the hospital. They did, they did uh, surgery after running tests and they... And they found out that he had what they're calling juvenile um, <clears throat> lymphoma. And the doctors in South Africa said that the if you want your son to live, you need to get him back to the United States. So as soon as he was able to travel after the surgery, they got him on a plane. There was a, a hospital in Charlotte, North Carolina that that was willing to take him in immediately. And he's in, a, he's in 
that hospital in Charlotte right now. A couple of days ago, uh, <clears throat> he was diagnosed with stage four with juvenile lymphoma. He has <clears throat> he had to undergo another surgery because the surgery they did in Africa was um, something wasn't right and they had to go in and fix something. I don't know. Anyway, soon he will be going through chemotherapy and different things. But his mom... I know I was going to have a hard time with this, <clears throat> so please bear with me because I know this family. His mom <clears throat> posted a letter on Facebook that she wrote. And as I read this letter, I felt like it was more of a prayer to God than it was a letter to people. Does that make sense? So let me read the letter to you, or I'm going to at least try to read the letter. <clears throat> she says this, <clears throat> I am a planner. I usually have uh, not only today's plan, that today planned out, but also this week, next week, and next year, and 10 years from now. This wasn't my plan. I wasn't supposed to be wandering around in a department store crying in America. I was supposed to be in South Africa. <clears throat> I wasn't supposed to be searching for button-down pajamas for and slippers for my son who is sitting, excuse me, who is starting uh, chemotherapy for cancer. I was supposed to be purchasing cribs and bouncy seats. And, and bottles for abandoned babies in South Africa. I wasn't supposed to be alone. I was supposed to be cuddled up with my eight children and husband for pizza and movie night. <clears throat> I wasn't supposed to be listening to sermons online. I was supposed to be teaching my lady's Sunday school class, playing the piano, singing with the music team, and listening to my husband preach. I wasn't supposed to be getting support. I was supposed to be being the support for everyone else. <clears throat> It is all overwhelming for this planner. But God says in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, <clears throat> For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts then your thoughts. <clears throat> I 
I didn't plan this. But the master planner did. And he is a much better planner than I am. She closed the the letter with these five words. I will trust his plan. As I read that letter, all I could say was, wow. Do I trust the master planner like that? I think that everyone here this morning understands her heart. She's a mom that is hurting because her son is very sick. A minute ago, I asked you, have you ever been disappointed? And the reality is we've all been disappointed. But never by God. In our passage this morning, we're going to see Joseph experience great disappointment. And the question isn't, what do I do if I'm disappointed? The question is, what do I do when I'm disappointed? Because you're going to be disappointed. But what do you do when you're disappointed? The title of my message this morning is this, Staying Faithful Through Disappointment. Staying Faithful through disappointment. Last week we talked about Pharaoh's butler and the baker who were thrown into prison because they had upset or offended Pharaoh. And Joseph was put in charge of them and he served them. One morning he came in and noticed that something was bothering the two and he asked them, okay, hey, what's going on? And we talked about all that last week. But let's uh, look at... Genesis chapter 40, and let's start reading in verse 8. And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and uh, there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto unto them, "Uh, Do not uh, interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, I pray you. And the chief butler uh, told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me, and the vine, uh, the vine were there uh, were three uh, branches, and it was as though it uh, budded, and her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth <clears throat> ripe grapes. 
And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them uh, into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup unto Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto the place <clears throat> and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand uh, after the former manner when thou wast his butler. But think on me when it shall be well with thee and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me and make mention of me to Pharaoh and bring me out of this house. For indeed I have stolen away I was stolen away out of uh, the land of the Hebrews, and there also <clears throat> uh, have I done nothing that I should be put in this dungeon. Then the chief baker uh, saw that the interpretation was good, and he said to, unto Joseph, I also uh, was in my dream, and behold, I had three uh, white baskets <clears throat> on my head, and the the uh, up, up, uppermost basket uh, there of all manner of, of baked meats for Pharaoh, and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. And Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off thee and shall hang thee on a tree and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee then it came to pass <clears throat> the third day which was pharaoh's birthday that he made a feast uh, unto all the servants and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and and the chief baker among the servants and he restored the chief butler unto the, the butlership again and he gave the cup of uh into Pharaoh's hand, uh, into Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker, and Joseph had interpreted to them. <clears throat> Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. Let's pray, dear Lord. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. <clears throat> and Lord, we want to thank you for your patience with us, because we are. A very impatient people. And Lord, as we look at your word this morning, we ask that you would guide and direct and that you would help us to keep our eyes on you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Point number one this morning I want to look at, it, and that is the pattern of Joseph's life. The pattern of Joseph's life. We've, we've seen enough of Joseph's life now that we can actually establish a pattern in his life and as i as i thought about this i thought i thought you know that his the pattern of his life was pretty simple most of us would be pretty discouraged with the pattern of joseph's life if it was our pattern because joseph would do right he would prove himself faithful to the people around him and then someone would disappoint him, right? 
And then he would start the process over again. He would do right. He would prove himself faithful. And then somebody would disappoint him. And then he would do it again. Over and over and over. We see this pattern develop in the life of Joseph. There is an important lesson that we can learn in this. And please, please get this because this is, this is really very important. And that is this. People are going to let you down. People are going to let you down. Intentionally, unintentionally, doesn't matter. People are going to let you down. People are going to disappoint you. People are going to mistreat you. People are going to forget you. Right? Unfortunately, if you're truthful with yourself, you will also be a source of that disappointment. Hate to say it. But it's true. I hate to say it. I hate to admit it, but I let people down. It's part of being human. But God never lets us down. If our eyes are on Jesus Christ, we'll never be disappointed. If our eyes are on men and women, people that we know and love, we're going to be disappointed. And sometimes we're going to be the ones doing the disappointing. Psalm chapter 146, verses 3 through 5. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the sons of men, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In, the ver in that very day his thoughts perish. Happy is he, <clears throat> excuse me, happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. The one true constant that we have in our lives is that the Lord is faithful. That is the one true constant that we have. 1 Kings chapter 5, verse 56, Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people Israel according to all that he promised. There hath not failed one word of all his good promise which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. God is faithful and will do what he said he will do. Years ago, and I've shared this quote before, but years ago I read this, I read a quote, and, and I, it is, I, I, I remind myself of this quote often because it, it, it helps me put life in perspective. Watch your thoughts 
they will become your words. Watch your words because they will become your actions. Watch your actions. They will become your habits. Watch your habits. They will become your character. Watch your character. It becomes your destiny. We need to be careful what we do. The patterning of Joseph's life was a pattern of faithfulness. How did, how did, how did the, the, the characteristic of faithfulness become part of Joseph's life? It started back with <clears throat> what he thought about. His thoughts became his words. His words became his actions. His actions became his habits. His habits became his character. And this character became his destiny. Joseph, through his life, was known as a man of faithfulness because he was resolved. Our theme this year, I am resolved. And we will resolve either to be faithful in our lives or not faithful. It's a choice we make. Number two, point number two. Joseph's actions. We looked at the pattern of Joseph's life. Uh, very, very difficult pattern to live. To live, but it was Joseph's. It was Joseph's life. Uh, point number two. Joseph's actions. <clears throat> We're going to look at four specific things we see here in, in, in that 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 point to Joseph's life, and four things that I that I, I saw very vividly. Uh, as I have studied this portion of Scripture. And that is, the first one is that he pointed them to God. Joseph's actions, the very first thing that Joseph says is, hey, the interpretation does not belong to me, it belongs to God. Look at verse 8. It says, and it came to pass in the morning, well, wrong chapter, verse 8, and he said unto them, we have dreamed a dream, uh, uh, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not the interpretation belong to God? And that's a rhetorical question. And what he was saying is, Hey, I can, I can, I can interpret your dreams, but it, the, the interpretations are not mine. And the rhetorical question is, Do they not belong to God? And the answer to that is what? Yes. So the very first thing that Joseph does is he points them to God. As I mentioned a minute ago, the pattern of Joseph's life was he, he would do right. He would prove himself to whoever was there in his life. And then that person would disappoint him. But every time, and you can go back and read it, and for time's sake, we're not going to, but every time Joseph, in his, the pattern in his life, he was constantly pushing people to God. Potiphar, his own family, Potiphar, the, the, the warden at the, at the prison, all, all of these people were constant. He was constantly pushing people to Jesus Christ. He was pushing people to the Lord. 
And here we see it with the butler and the baker. The very first thing he says is the interpretation doesn't belong to me, it belongs to God. Charles Spurgeon once said, My goal in life was not to it was excuse me, my goal in life was to simply be a signpost that points others to Christ. I read that quote and I thought, wow, what a what a what an incredible goal for life to point people to Christ. And as I as I thought and I meditated on that, I thought, Lord, help me be a signpost for Jesus Christ. That's all I want to be. Many of us have aspirations of being whatever. And as I read that quote of Spurgeon's, I thought, that's all I want to be. It's a signpost for Jesus Christ. And that was that was the life of Joseph. The second thing, the second action that we see here is he told them the truth. And you think, well, that's kind of obvious, but no, it's not obvious. At least it's not obvious to me. The butler had good news, did he not? It's easy to tell the butler the the truth. But the baker, his news wasn't so good, right? So what is human nature? What would our human nature do? Yeah, kind of sugarcoat it or whitewash it or, you know, we have all kind of adjectives we could use there. But we would we would kind of dance around the truth with him, would we not, for most of us? Well, you know, yeah, it's three days, but, you know, you know, I, I don't know. Something's going to happen, you know, don't worry about it, you know. Now, do you think that the butler slept pretty good the next three nights? No, the butler. Yeah, I think he did. How do you think the baker slept? Pretty bad. Because after after the interpretation, you know, the, the first time you read this passage, you, you, you're like, I, I wouldn't have any idea what that means. But after the interpretation, after Joseph gives the interpretation, it makes perfect sense. And I, I imagine that baker laid in bed thinking, I'm, I'm dead. Let's just do it now, get it over with. But Pharaoh had to wait to his birthday. Boy, what a present. I'm going to kill my baker. Wow. But the obvious temptation that we would have would be to whitewash it, sugarcoat it. How many of you are old enough like me that remember when medicine used to taste like medicine? Okay? It doesn't taste like medicine anymore. I mean, people actually, I mean, kids today actually want to get sick so they can take the medicine. You know what I'm saying? There's something wrong with that, by the way. (laughs) Unfortunately, though, sometimes the truth hurts. And I've had to, I've shared this before, but most of you know that I'm a 
chaplain with the sheriff's department. And, and we have been trained that if we have to give people bad news, it's best to just tell them the truth. Just get it out there. As, as hard as it is to say, it is better in the long run to just get it, just get it over with. And that's what Joseph does. He just tells them the truth. You know, I don't know about I'm I don't know if you're like me, but I, I get really nervous when I'm around people that tell me what I want to hear instead of what I need to hear. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 28. A lying tongue hateth those that are afflicted by it, and a flattering mouth worketh ruin. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15. But speaking the truth in love. If you, I, I love this. Go back to Ephesians chapter 15, uh, four, chapter 4 verse 15 in your Bible and underline the words in love. Because you can speak the truth not in love and do a lot of damage. But when we speak in truth, God can use that truth to heal the hearts of people. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And then one of my favorite verses in, in Scripture, I, I memorized this verse many, many, many years ago. Psalm chapter 25, verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. When we will speak the truth in love, God can use it great ways. But the key there is in love. The truth. The truth can hurt, but it's still truth. And Joseph told them the truth. The third action that we see here <clears throat> is that he made a request. And I, as I studied this, I thought, wow. Let's look, look at verse 14. <clears throat> but, but think on me when it shall be well with thee and show kindness, I pray thee unto me. And make mention of me unto Pharaoh and bring me uh, out of this house. And then he goes on. But, you know, in all, in all of Joseph's life that we have studied, Joseph has not asked for one thing. Well, as far as we know, Joseph has never asked anybody to help him do anything. This is the first time he has a request and it, to me, you know, he didn't, he didn't ask Potiphar, hey, you know, I have served you faithfully these many years. Can I, can I be free? Can, can you let me free? He didn't ask Potiphar that. He didn't ask the warden, hey, you know, I've served you all these years. You know, hey, can, can you go talk to someone and, and see if they'll let me go? He didn't, you know, he didn't do it. 
but he did with the butler. Why? I don't know, but he did. And as I as I thought about it, and I and I, I just let this kind of rattle around in my my brain for a little while. I, <clears throat> yeah, I, I. There's nothing wrong with asking God for help. As I thought about it, <clears throat> I wondered why did Joseph ask the butler? Maybe because they were kind of like equals. They were both servants. They were both inmates. And and he knew the butler was going to be getting set free soon. And, you know, maybe he, he I, 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 we don't, I don't know. We don't know. But the more I thought about it, I thought, you know, <clears throat> what was his motivation? Did Joseph want to be free or did he want to go home? I think he he just wanted to go home. But can you imagine the anticipation that Joseph had? You know, here here he 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 understood the the dream and he was able through God's help interpret the dream and and I I can you know, mentally, I can see the exercising going on in Joseph's head. You know, hey, this guy owes me big time. You know, I did him a big favor. But day after day after day, week after week, nothing. Can you imagine? And And, and I... As I sat and I meditated, can you imagine one day Joseph waking up and thinking, he's not going to help me? The disappointment, the discouragement that had to have taken place in his life. We've all been there, we've all been forgotten. We've all been disappointed. Psalm chapter 118, verse 5. I called upon the Lord in my in, in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The, word, the phrase large place literally means to be set free. A large place is, you know, it's talking about like the wide open desert like we would know here. And he set me free. A little side note here, and I, I really want to—I really want to drive this home. God is okay with you coming to Him with your request. God wants you to come to Him with your prayer request. God desires that relationship with you. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Be careful for nothing, 
but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know, I, I, I know people, I have, I have had several people tell me over the years, I don't ever ask God for anything for myself. I only pray for other people. How many of you can relate can can recite the Lord's Prayer? Mo- most of us, especially those of you that grew up Catholic. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me or, or well, I'm, no, that's yeah, that's Psalm. Yeah, what am I what am I doing? <laughs> it's quoting the, the 23rd Psalm. Um, help me get started with it. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. See, what does he want? He wants our request. Sorry about that. Totally blew it. Totally blew it. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's smarter than I am. Staying faithful through disappointment. The fourth action that we see is that he stayed faithful. He stayed faithful. Let's look at verse <clears throat> verses uh, chapter 39, verses 21 to 23. It says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him uh, mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the, the keeper of the prison and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison and whatsoever they did there he was the doer of it and the keeper of the prison looked not at anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him and that which he did the Lord made it to prosper Joseph prospered in prison that's a crazy thought, but he did. Now, we don't know. There's a lot of time frame things that we don't know in the life of Joseph. We're not given exact dates and so on and so forth. But we do know this, that from the time that the butler and the baker had their dreams to the time that Joseph is called before Pharaoh, because Pharaoh has a dream, is two years. For two years, the butler had forgotten Joseph. Two years. We know that because look at look at chapter 40, uh, excuse me, 41, chapter 41 in verse 1. And it says, and it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, <clears throat> he stood by the river. Okay, we're not going to get into We'll get into that next week. But my point is this. For two years, Joseph continued to stay faithful after being disappointed by the butler. And it would be easy for us to point our fingers and accuse the butler of being a, 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 a whatever. 
How dare you leave your friend? How dare you get out and you know, you know, start working at the king's palace again and, and forget your buddy that's in the prison who you promised to, to help to get out? And we could, we could level all kind of accusations against the butler, but the, the problem is this. We can never forget God's timetable. It's about God's timetable, not ours. And as I thought about it, I thought, you know, Joseph's timetable was, hey, I want out of here. That was Joseph. I want out of here, and I want out of here now. And I don't blame him one bit. I would have wanted out too. But God had a different timetable. And as I, as I thought, and I sat and I thought about it, meditated on it, I thought, you know what? What would have happened if Joseph had gotten out when he wanted to? He wouldn't have been in Egypt. I, I would assume he would have booked at home. He would, have, he would have gotten on the first airplane out of Egypt. Well, they didn't have planes back then. Um, the first train, right out, boom. No, seriously, he would, he would have been out of there. But God needed him there for Pharaoh's dream. Why? Can you put the chart back up? <clears throat> Thank you. I'm sorry, Chris. <clears throat> Why? <clears throat> God needed him here. See, this is God's timeline, not Joseph's. God needed him here so ultimately he could save the nation of Israel. And so often in our lives, we lose focus of God's timeline for our lives. And we want, we want our timelines. Joseph needed to be in prison so that he could interpret Pharaoh's dream. Now, did Joseph know that? No. He had to be in prison so that he could become prime minister so that ultimately he could save the nation of Israel. I want to close with reading the end of the letter that I read at the beginning from Selena Berge. Her timetable is much different than God's timetable. She wants to be home with her family in South Africa. But she's in a hospital in Charlotte, North Carolina with a son who quite possibly is dying. Stage four lymphoma. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are, my, are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, 
soar my thought, my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. She went on to say, I did not plan this, but the master planner did. And is and he is much he is a much better planner than I am. I will trust his plan. I want to challenge you with that thought. Are you trusting his plan? Or are you trying to fight him and make your own plan work? Trust his plan. Because the reality is this, God has a plan for your life. All you have to do is trust it. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work you do in our lives. And Lord, we <clears throat> we truly do not always understand what's going on. And the reality is we don't need to understand what's going on. But if we're going to be faithful to you, we need to be people that trust your plan and not ours. And as we have thought of the, the Burgies and their son, Nathaniel, who is very sick right now. If Nathaniel was here this morning, and I, I believe he would say something to the effect of, trust God's plan. I'm very confident that he would say that. Help us, dear God. Trust your plan. 